Robert Sapp here. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I'd like to title this podcast, A Load of Rocks. Yes, you heard me correctly. The title of this podcast is A Load of Rocks. Let's get started in the New Testament, Luke chapter 19, verse 40. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you, that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. The Pharisees was telling Jesus at this time that he needed to tell his disciples to be quiet, to hush, to quit praising him, to quit saying the things that they were saying. And Jesus told the Pharisees, if they hush, if they shut up praising me, then the rocks or the stones would immediately cry out. All of nature, all of nature praises God. Listen to the birds, listen to the frogs even, the crickets, the cicadas if you're in a location that the actual awakening of the cicadas has happened this year. Listen to the wind whistling through the tree and listen to the trees making noise. They tell me that even the planets make a noise going through space, but you just can't hear it because, you know, it's a vacuum. Space is nearly a perfect vacuum in places and uh, sound does not travel in a vacuum. But everything praises God. And the scriptures tells us that he who hath breath, let him praise the Lord. So everything in nature praises God. So if we do not praise God, the rocks will cry out in our place. I was reading somewhere earlier this week that that scripture is not literal, should not be taken literal. That's just figuratively. He's using it as an example. But I believe literally that the rocks will cry out if we don't. There are rocks, there are sand, there is areas of of America and other places in the world that hums or makes a squeaking noise, if you will. I believe that this may just be nature calling out for God. 1 Samuel in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 5. I'm going to start with verse 1. And the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it unto the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when they of Ashdod arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. And they took Dagon and set him in his place again. And when they arose early on the morrow morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off from the threshold. Only the stump of Dagon was left to him. Therefore neither the priest of Dagon nor any that come into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod unto this day. Here is a chunk of rock that man has carved into a statue. Now I don't know if you know anything about this god Dagon, but he is half fish half man. Makes you wonder where the world they came up with some of these figures, some of these statues. But they had one 
the battle against Israel the Philistines had, and they had gotten the Ark of God. The two sons of Eli had been killed. When Eli hears that the Ark of God has been captured and his sons are dead, he falls over backwards. His daughter-in-law was going to give birth, and she hears that her father-in-law is dead, and her husband's dead, and her brother-in-law is dead, and as she's given birth, she dies, and she names her son Ichabod, because the glory of the Lord is departed from Israel. And you can read that in verse 21 of the previous chapter of chapter 4 of 1 Samuel. But they bring this, this ark of God, the ark of the covenant, if you will, into their temple of Dagon. Now, they wasn't doing it to promote this ark or the God of Israel. They were doing it to put him down, to, to make him less than what he was because, well, you see, their God won, so he was placed in a position in front of their, their God because their God was stronger. Well, the next morning, they get up to go into the temple Dagon has fallen over on his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. He had fallen upon his face. Now the statue was not worshiping God, but the rock that the statue was made from was indeed worshiping God. They didn't feel an earthquake. These temples, these statues in these temples are rather large, so it would have taken a large earthquake to have toppled the statue. They didn't feel it, or at least we don't know that they felt it. I'll put it that way. Nothing was ever said about a, a earthquake in the scriptures. So this rock fell over of itself on its face, laying prostate prostrate against, uh, in front of the Ark of the Covenant. The rock was praising God. The rock recognized that the Creator was in the room. They worked all day probably, because as I said, these temples, these, these statues in these temples are pretty large. And they worked and they set it back up where it was supposed to be. Well, the next morning they came in, and he had not only that statue had not only fallen to his face before the ark of the Lord, but the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. Only the stump of Dagon was left. So his heads broke off, his hands broke off at the threshold of the door. Now, this is Robert Sapp's opinion, okay? But I truly believe the statue was trying to get away from God. I believe it was doing everything it could to escape the presence of the Lord. How many times have we tried to escape the presence of the Lord? It's uh, something to think about. But here's the statue. Now it's broken. Now it can't be used in its fashion. They'll have to redo the statue completely if they're going to use this temple and worship to this God. But it says in verse 5, Neither the priest of Dagon nor any that come into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod unto this day. Uh, Samuel's day, when, when this is being written. 
Now, you may be wondering who Dagon is. Was he a prominent god in the culture? And I use the word god as a little g word. He was the god of Nineveh from the book of Jonah. He was the god that was over crops and fishing, fertility, and other matters. So yes, he was a prominent god. And they would go in on a daily basis and they would worship before him. But they went in two days in a row and they found that he was worshiping. That the rock that he was built from recognized the Creator. So I believe that if we do not worship the Creator, even the rocks will take our place. It's easy, though, to sit in a church. It's easy to sit when everything's going good. It's easy. But can you worship Him when everything's going bad? Can you worship Him when you get the bad news as well as the good news? You see, so often we only like to call on God when we're in trouble and we don't recognize Him when we are having a good day. But we will go to church when we're having those good days and those good moments and we'll praise and worship the Lord but when, we, when the going gets tough, we fail to do so. We fail to go to God and worship Him. By saying I'm a Christian does not mean that everything is going smoothly in my life. I really wish you could see my life sometimes. It's, it's chaos. It's right now utter chaos, to be honest with you. Seems like everything in the world's coming against me. And it is, because you see, I'm not of this world any longer. I am of a heavenly world, and the world hates me. So it's doing everything it can. Satan doesn't like the fact that I am a Christian. Satan doesn't like the fact that I'm doing these podcasts. Satan doesn't like the fact that I go to church and that on Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock on Facebook, used to be on the radio, but now it's just on Facebook, a group of us get together and we, we sing and we joke and we laugh and we read God's Word and we preach. What, on Saturday morning you preach? Yes. Who knows? We may do it on Friday someday. We may do it some other time. But we used to do it 8 o'clock on a radio station here in North Carolina. They sold the radio station. We decided we was just going to go strictly Facebook. So that's what we've been doing for the last little bit is strictly Facebook. These podcasts, God allows me and he, he blesses the podcast by letting people all over the world hear it. I'm only promoting it on my website and on my Facebook and on the ministry of James McPeter's evangelistic ministry. That's the Saturday morning podcast or Saturday morning preaching and singing and reading God's word. James McPeter's evangelistic ministry. See, Satan doesn't like all of this. The world doesn't like all of this. But we have to worship God in the good and the bad. It is because of God that we have the good. All good things come from Him. 
And it's in the bad times that because I'm a Christian, I can have the comfort that I need. I can have the solace that I desire. Without Christ in my life, I'd still have the bad times. I'd still have these troubles and these heartaches and these hardships. But I wouldn't have the comforter with me. There's the key. You see, it's not because, not necessarily because I am a Christian that I'm having these hard times. Hard times is going to come. That's life. But it is because I'm a Christian that I'm having so many hard times, probably. But I'm still able to worship God because He gives me that comfort. I can leave here sick. I can leave here homeless. I can leave here destitute. I can leave this body of flesh in all of this manner. I can die in a car wreck. That's, that's okay. I mean, that's fine. That's the way I'm supposed to go. That's the way I'm supposed to go. But I better not leave here without Jesus. I don't want the rocks to cry out in my place. I don't want the rocks to take step up and do what I'm supposed to do. And I'm supposed to worship and praise God. The Bible tells us that God inhabits our praises. So if I want God to live not only inside of me, but with around me, then I need to praise Him in the good times and in the bad times. No matter what. Well, I have a perfect life, right? I never have hard times. And if I do, oh, it's, it's nothing major. If you only knew. If you only knew. But you don't have to know. You see, you're facing hard times. You're facing troubles. You're facing stress. You've got problems in your life. If you do not know Jesus, go to Him. Yes, you will still have problems. And yes, you will still have stress. And yes, you will still have situations. But now you've got the Comforter. If He brings you to it, He'll get you through it. No matter what it is. So they, they had brought the ark of God in front of their God and was, was laughing at him, was mocking the God of Israel. But the rock showed them that the true God had, had come into the room. Has the true God come into your room, into your life? You'll never be good enough. You'll never be clean enough. And if you ever decide and think that you've got your act together, well, you'll probably forget where you put it. You cannot do it. But God can. So I encourage you to let go and let God. Let go of the things. Let go of the problems. Let go of the addictions. Let go of the situations. And accept the comfort that God is affording us, that's offering to us. And it's free for you and for me. It cost Christ his life, every drop of blood. It cost him humiliation, being mocked. But to you and I, it's free. He paid the price so we wouldn't have to. So I'm encouraging you today. Yes, you'll have problems as a Christian. 
but as a Christian, you'll have the comforter. As a sinner, as a non-Christian, you'll have problems, but you will not have the comforter. You will not have the peace that passeth all understanding. You will not have that shelter in the rain, or that refuge, or that high tower, that fortress. But as a Christian, you have access to that and so much more. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for many blessings upon our life, Lord, for allowing us the opportunity to come into your house to worship, to praise, and to honor your name. Lord, we ask that you'll move, that you'll touch, Lord, that you'll stretch forth your hand on each and every life that is listening. Lord, that you'll bless and keep, Lord, as only you can. And Lord, that you'll stretch forth your hand even this day. In Jesus' sweet and holy name we pray. Amen. From I'm going to leave you with this. From number 6, verses 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Until we meet again, take care of each other. See you later.